0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to Beyond Rent. I'm Joe Easton from Rent Manager, and I'll be your host. This podcast is focused on having conversations with experts so we can all learn more about the property management industry. Joining me today is Jared Behrens of American Realty, and we are discussing how to make your company anti-fragile. This is a concept that might be new for some, so I'm excited to hear more about it from Jared. So let's get to the conversation and go Beyond Rent. Business leaders would love to find ways to strengthen their company, and oftentimes we do this through improving processes, elevating the talent of our teams, or even by shifting to expedite growth. Joining us today is Jared Barons of American Realty. He will share with us how he is making his company stronger through a concept called anti-fragile. Hey, Jared, welcome to Beyond Rent. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm really excited to get into this conversation about being anti-fragile, what it means. And obviously, you know a lot. I only know a little bit about this. Um, but I want to make sure our audience knows who you are and um, have an opportunity to introduce yourself. But I also want to reference the fact that this isn't your first time on Beyond Rent way back in November 2020, uh, episode six, if anyone wants to look it up, uh, we talked about the pandemic and some triumphs and challenges. And we really try to take an approach in that episode about you know, what do we learn as we kind of were going through that time frame and what you learned in your business. And I think this episode is going to be a little similar, right? How to continue to improve your business kind of regardless of what you're going through. So I'm happy that you're back for another episode. I think this topic's going to be really exciting. But yeah, if you want to introduce yourself, let people know who you are and what you're about.
1: Yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, my name is Jerry Um I am the, uh, uh, the principal broker at uh, American Realty property management. We're in the West Michigan area. Um, this has been something that I've been doing for about a decade and a half, uh, property management. I've been in real estate uh, for maybe about another five years on top of that for about two decades overall. Um, time flies. That's kind of crazy now that I say it out loud. Um my, uh, a little bit more on my background. I got interested in, in property management because I'm kind of an operations guy. I just, I have, uh, I have a love for, uh, seeing operations, adjusting things, uh, and, and, and trying to make whatever systems I can, uh, that are, that I'm associated with, uh, better. My, um, My original fascination with uh, the concept of anti-fragility actually came uh, from uh, the book, uh, which I highly recommend uh, by a spectacular author named Nassim Tlaib. uh, And he wrote an entire book about this anti-fragility concept. And when I was first getting into it, uh, I was first exploring it in the concept. I do a lot of running um, and I, I, I do some ultra marathons and some really challenging events. And so it started really interesting me uh with this idea of anti-fragility and how if you kind of test a system or you slowly break something down, uh it can turn out to be stronger uh later on. So as I was getting into it in just uh, my you know my own hobby sense, I started uh, attempting to apply it into my business, and uh, so far, uh, my anecdotal evidence that I've come across uh, uh, thus far has been it's it's spectacular. Uh, there's a lot of truth to it, and there's a lot that we can learn from it.
0: Yeah, so this is a new concept for me. I, I believe I've heard about it in passing from other people. And when I think of the word fragile, you know, really the only th- things that I can think of are like eggs, right? Or maybe a package that says fragile on the side of it. Like, So we understand the concept of what it means to be fragile, right? This idea that something can be easily broken um, is really what I – what I lean into and understand, but to be anti-fragile seems counterintuitive to me. It doesn't seem like it really makes a lot of strength, uh, a lot of sense. Like I think of like making something stronger, but I don't really think of the sense of making something anti-fragile. So can you break down maybe like what this concept really means? You kind of mentioned a little bit like testing a system or testing a person. Um, Yeah. Give
1: us a breakdown of what you view anti-fragile to mean. I like to explain anti fragility by starting off uh, explaining fragility and durability. So, uh, just like what you had mentioned, the idea of fragility. If I take an egg and if I were to, you know, drop it from almost any height whatsoever, that egg's going to break. That egg does not get better for me, um, you know, breaking it. It is, it's in a thousand pieces and it's never really going to quite be the same. On the flip side, there are things that are durable. So if I took uh, something about the same size, maybe a rubber ball, and I dropped it from the exact same distance, it would not break like the egg. I would pick it back up and it would be the exact same rubber ball that it was before. Now, again, it did not get better for me dropping it. It does not get bouncier or more of a rubber ball. It still stays exactly the same. Something like the human immune system is something that we can consider to be anti-fragile. As it is exposed to small amounts of stressors, it actually in response gets a lot stronger. Uh, like I said, my first, uh, my, my first kind of interest in this uh, had to do with the concept of how muscles repair, um, you know, as, as we work out or we try something, uh, new that we haven't ever done before, it'll actually break down our muscles. It's, it's breaking them. Uh, on the flip side, our body builds us back up stronger. Same thing with the immune system. We come back better for it. Uh, one of my other favorite examples, uh, that, uh, that I was actually just digging into is the example, um, of uh, of the Hydra from Greek mythology, uh, you know it's a kind of like a snake like monster that has several different heads. And the idea was was that if you cut off one of the heads, another one or another two will grow back uh, because it went through a stressor. It got it got stronger. On the flip side,
0: yeah, that's really interesting to kind of think of that idea of how things get stronger through. Stressing or breaking down, and and we've talked that you are an avid runner. And for people that aren't runners, they oftentimes look at something like um, even a 5K or a half marathon or a marathon is something that's almost unachievable. Um, now I know you've run ran much longer distances, right? Than than just a marathon. But for a lot of people, they think that's like, well, that's not possible. Where it sounds like. It seems impossible because there's a process involved of the, the, the building of the muscles and the repairing of the muscles over time that lead you to be able to withstand that distance. And, and it sounds like that's where you started. So are you applying this like directly in kind of your, your hobby of running this mentality? And, and how does that apply like specifically to like maybe to that
1: hobby? So specifically to that hobby, um, I, I try and set up a lot of my training around the idea of anti fragility. So the idea that I want to, I want to break something down first and then allow it the appropriate time to be able to repair. And I think that that's something that we can, we can talk about even a little bit more as we take this into the business setting is that there has to be a space between when you are breaking something down and then when you are allowing it to repair itself. If you're trying to test something, uh, and it's anti fragility by continuously breaking it down, breaking it down and breaking it down, never getting, giving it a chance to recover and become stronger, you're not going to be doing any good. You're going to just make it the egg that's going to break into a thousand pieces by the end of it. But if you give it the appropriate time afterwards, so as I look at any of my training plans and, and what I'm trying to accomplish for whatever the next event is, I'm trying to break things down into how can I, uh, how can I Test my system a small amount further than what it really likes to go, and then be able to give it enough time to be able to react to that and say, "Oh my goodness, this guy ran just a little bit too far. He's an idiot. I I don't know as a body how we're going to be able to deal with this. Let's build back a little bit stronger muscles and joints and whatever else. And then allowing that time to really uh, uh, let yourself recover and then come back again. And you'll notice that you can go a little bit further or a little bit. uh, One of my favorite sayings is, I Uh, uh, something that I like to take with me in most days is I like trying to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, and that's kind of an important, uh, topic of anti fragility. I think our, our ability to kind of, uh, try think, try new things. Um, try, try something that we've never thought of before or didn't think that we were uh, even possible within the realm of human possibility of personal possibility, putting yourself into a slightly uncomfortable, uncomfortable position over and over again, will make a lot more things a lot more comfortable by the end of it, you'll still find plenty of things that are wildly uncomfortable. But at the end of it, you'll find a lot less of those and you'll find yourself being able to maintain your own personal calm and composure in difficult situations. And it's simply from testing the system over and over again and letting it get just a little bit stronger step-by-step. Step.
0: Now, and that's really interesting, that idea of being uncomfortable. And, and immediately I thought, again, like the world of exercise and personal fitness, I think that's really the value of having like a coach, right? Or a personal trainer is somebody that, sees your limitations and helps push you a little bit further past those. You kind of set that bar at a different level over time. Um, I guess in your experience, do you find that most people are good at doing that themselves? Cause it sounds like you've kind of taught yourself to do that. And, and I would say for myself that I have seen, you know, my biggest growth when I've put myself in situations that I'm not used to and maybe slightly uncomfortable and you kind of grow over time, but I don't think we're naturally like inclined to do that. Um, how do you how do you force yourself into that rather than just kind of going back to what's comfortable and staying in in your own little world?
1: <laughs> you are right. Like we just love as as human beings, we love just returning back to the homeostasis of where we were. Just fall back into that same groove. I always refer to it as like I mean, we're here in Michigan, so we're in the great right, white north, and there's plenty of snow. And so when you go sledding, you develop a rut, right? And as try as you might to like sled in a different line, you're just gonna kind of fall right back into that rut unless you are very, very conscious about it. Yeah, you mentioned something like a personal trainer um, in in the physical fitness world uh, or even maybe a, a mentor in the business world. I, I believe that those are extraordinarily important because we do um, there are some areas that I've noticed in my own life that I can' really push myself even without an external influence and I'm and I'm good at it in certain areas. And then there are other areas where I am absolutely miserable at it. Um, as somebody who, you know, t- t- trains very hard for some of these events, a lot of my friends would be like, man, you are the most disciplined person that I've ever met. And I'm like, you just got to see the flip side of this coin, man. There are some wild spots of my life that I just try as I might. I can't necessarily control. And I think that's where you have to be able to kind of know yourself, uh, know your business, know your surroundings to really be able to put the things, um, you need to be able to build fences for yourself, right? If you know already, listen, I'm not good at this. Like I know that I need to do this, but this is just the last thing that I'm gonna do in the day, and it's probably not gonna get done. Find something to be able to set up those walls so that you force yourself to it, so that there's not a lot of options. I always joke with people, I um uh I work out in the morning. Um, and that's I, I try and do it every single morning. You know, you get that out of the way and and the reason why I do it in the morning is because if I do it at night, I'm probably just not gonna do it. If I'm, I, mean, there's just too many cool things on Netflix. There's too many things pulling my attention. But if I wake my sorry butt up at five o'clock in the morning and I go into a gym or I put on some, you know, some workout clothes or whatever, there's absolutely nothing better that I'm gonna do than just get that workout out of the way. And then by the time that you're done with it, you feel like a new person. You feel completely revived. It's you know, I still even in my position, I cannot. Stand, like getting ready to go out and, and, you know, work out or really push myself or, or getting into an uncomfortable position. But what I continue to try and remind myself of is that by the time that I'm done, I'm going to feel spectacular. Like the, 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 the effort of going through whatever that was pays off so huge in the long run.
0: Yeah. And as we think about like that idea of what it looks like in the personal world or hobby or physical fitness and kind of how that applies to the economy or business, there are direct, you know, correlations that we can, we can make there. And, and I think in all, in most scenarios, I think we all know the answer, right? To what we should be doing. It's the matter of like, how do we get ourselves to do it? And, and I, and you spoke about like trading like these. Moments where you kind of push yourself just a little further, a little further to kind of create that anti fragility mindset. Um, let's talk maybe a little bit about where things do transition and maybe the economy, the business world, and how that applies, right? Because I think we can easily sometimes capture the essence of that in something like running. Like you could, you could easily say, like, well, I'm going to run a mile this week. And next week I'm going to run a mile and a half and keep pushing myself further. It's really easy to kind of quantify that, but sometimes it's hard to do that when we look at, again, the business world or the the economy because there's so much going on and there's a lot more pulling at us to be able to focus on very specific milestones.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The economy is a, a really fascinating one and it's something that's, uh, that's covered fairly well in, in the uh, anti-fragile book by uh, Nassim Talib. Um, the economy is something that is, he considers in their anti-fragile. Um, a perfect example is that in all honesty, there are stresses, uh, that will improve economies. So, like, take, for instance, the financial cra- uh, the financial crisis of, um, of 2008. Um, obviously its housing prices were plummeting and, you know, the, the, the stock, the stock market was even in quite a bit of trouble during that time. But, For the most part, the economy has essentially learned from it. We are better for that afterwards because of some of the lessons that we learned of what got us there, why it got us there, and how we can avoid getting there ever again. I mean, there's still a very disappointing thing that you know, despite all of the billions of dollars that just evaporated into the air, there's not a lot of people that were necessarily held accountable. But that said, the system itself, the economic system is the thing that was able to get stronger for it. We take a look at a lot of the crashes that had happened you know i mean if if you take a look at the uh, um you know the 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 crash of what well, was 1920 um and and some of the and some of the regulations that came from that same thing with some of the uh wild fluctuations in the economy during the 80s that set a whole bunch of standards of of how we can trade and what we can trade and how often so that we don't have you know we don't have these catastrophic crashes we need to protect ourselves we we were talking about this a little bit before we were recording the, the, the important thing to remember is, is that even though something is anti-fragile, even though maybe your body is anti-fragile, uh, maybe an economy is anti-fragile, meaning that it gets better the more that you test it. Let's keep in mind, you can really still break these things, right? Like the <laughs> trying to do this is you have to do it in small amounts. Um, the author gets into it a lot more in the book. He refers to these as black swan events, and that's what you really have to um, be uh, be careful about is to protect yourself against a black swan event. And a black swan event is something that is really robust in nature. Um, it's an event that is a surprise, at least to the one that's observing it. Um, the second thing is, is it has to have a major effect. So it has to be something that's big, uh, uh, you know, something that's, that's, that's large measurable and, and people have noticed. And then um, a- after that, a lot of people will rationalize things in hindsight, like, oh, we should have seen that coming. But a true black swan is not something that anybody could have ever seen coming. Afterwards, people will rationalize it afterwards. Like, oh, I, you know, didn't see that. We should have seen that coming. We should have prepared for that, whatever else it is. But black swan events can be dangerous even to anti-fragile systems. So you have to be able to protect yourself against black swan events or even what they refer to as white swan events, which are very, very large events Um People will refer to the uh, to the last pandemic not as a black swan event, but as a white swan event. Something that we all kind of thought could happen, right? Like, oh my gosh, there could be a pandemic. If there was a pandemic, how do we do it? We knew that it was possible. We knew that it was probably coming at some point. It was just that we were still wildly underprepared for it by the time that it came here. Um, but within our own systems, within within your body, within your business, and within the economy, you do have to be careful that you are not. Uh, testing it beyond its limits. Um, the benefit of, uh, of anti-fragility really exists in the small incremental, uh, tests beyond what you think the limit is, not a large one. You don't want to exceed something's capacity by 90%. So, you know, th- there's, there's terrible things that will happen. If you know you take this concept and you know the, the furthest that you've ever run is a mile, and you think, well, you want to know what? Tomorrow I'm just going to go run a marathon just see what that happens, and I'll be so much stronger for it. And you won't. You like you'll regret that. That that is a very very bad idea. And the same thing with the economy. There are huge things that have you know that have, have have real um consequential effects on on people that still need to be avoided. However, um making yourself open to small things is what's important, and that's. That's a little bit how I've taken it into my own business. Um, is a lot of times people will become uh, comfortable in their business. Uh, we talked about like returning to that homeostasis where we just want to be comfortable. We want to, you know, sit back in our office, do the thing that we had done yesterday. Um, and, and work on the things that are predictable. We know that we're good at it. Uh, we're comfortable with them, but then as soon as something, comes along that makes us a little bit uncomfortable. A lot of times we'll avoid it. We will give it a label as no, that will hurt my business. That'll hurt my system. That will hurt whatever, but it doesn't necessarily um depending on what it is. And I, and obviously depending on the magnitude of whatever the test is, you have to be careful with it. But as long as it's something that's, you know, testing the outer limits slightly embrace that. Um I ha- I had an example here recently uh at my company, we were changing our payable system and, uh, uh, I, I saw a bill that was coming through and I knew that it was actually going to cause problems for our brand new payable system. I also knew as it came across my desk that I could solve it in essentially an instant, uh, and, and, and it wouldn't have any ill effects on the system. But I let it slide right past my desk and I let it go into the system and I let it break. And I was actually happy about it breaking because then afterwards I told everybody, I was like, I, I knew that this was going to happen. And my staff looked at me like, what in the world? Why did you do this then? Like, why did you put us through it? And I, you know, ultimately I said it's because this allows us for the time to sit down. Everybody experienced what this was and why our system broke. Now we can sit down and we can really take a look back on it with the benefit of hindsight and start deciding where did we go wrong and how can we make sure that we're not going to go wrong in that spot again. So,
0: you know, what I'm hearing is that it's important to test, right? But not test too far, too hard, Um, understand kind of the limits of, of what it is, but also don't just test it but improve it, right? Because when we talked about the immunity system or you're running or anything like that, there's a goal of that test, right? You're pushing it, uh, you're exposing it to something. So there is a little bit of uh, stress on the system, but it rebuilds in a way that makes it stronger. So when it comes to our business, it's a little bit different because when you're running, your body's kind of just doing that naturally, right? You, You give it rest, it rebuilds, you can run further, but in your business, you just can't test it, let it break, it's not just gonna fix itself and rebuild. You actually have to take action to make it better.
1: Yeah. You have to make sure to make a concerted effort. Uh we uh here at American Realty, we will uh we'll call things um postmortems. Uh, you know, we did we did something and it didn't survive, right? And and then it's the matter of setting aside half an hour or an hour with the people that were involved with it to really take an in-depth look of why it didn't survive and how we can make sure that that'll never happen again. Switching something internally to make it better. And and then the secret is, is to continue to test it. Don't don't be happy with, oh, okay, cool. We, we got that one test. That's all that we needed. You know, no, continue to test it. Um, embrace the next difficult. Embrace the next thing that you know is going to make you just a little bit uncomfortable because that little bit of uncomfortable will make you less uncomfortable the next time something like that runs around.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and I think in business, it's actually really hard to do that. Like you said, it would have been easy for you to take that, that invoice, that payable that was coming through and just fix it, right? But at the end of the day, are you going to fix every little thing that comes through? Well, no, you want you want the system to fix it, right? You want the system to address these things and that's how we get better. But oftentimes we all love to step in, right? We all love to be the hero, step in and fix something that's going to be a problem and kind of like reward ourselves for it too. Like, Hey, just so everyone knows I just avoided a a disaster because I stepped in and I fixed it. And it's like, well, it's not about I, it's about the team and it's about the process and how we make things better because businesses aren't anti-fragile, by nature, right? They're actually very fragile by nature. There's a lot of things that could destroy our businesses, but if we continually focus on making them anti-fragile, we can at least get to the point where they can
1: go through stressors and get stronger because of it. That's an excellent point that I, I think even for, for me, one of my most difficult parts of applying this on a day-to-day basis is exactly like what you said. I, I just who I am. And, and I think who a lot of us are, we do, we want to be the hero. We want to solve the problem, right? If, if we have a problem that's in front of us and we're like, oh my gosh, I can solve this thing in like five minutes. There is nothing better. You know, you solve that thing in five minutes, you get, you know, you start sharing it with everybody. Yep. There was a problem, but don't worry. Jared took care of it. You know, you just, (laughs) it feels good to say that it feels good to do that, but if you're looking at making the entire system better, the the you know the company better, yourself better, you really do. You really have to allow that thing to break just a little bit, monitor it, babysit it the whole time, right? Don't let it break and then just walk away from it. You need to be able to babysit it the whole time. Don't let it break too far, but let it break just enough. I think it was um uh the Guys, uh, in Muay Thai, uh, like the uh, the martial arts that they kick all the time and stuff. I remember reading years ago that these guys will kick bamboo trees over and over and over and over. And I remember asking one time with uh with a guy that I was training with, I was like, "Why in the world did they do this? This seems absolutely ridiculous." And, uh, he said, Oh, it's because they'll develop very small fractures in their shin bone. And as that fracture ends up healing, it heals up with a lot more calcium and it'll make it 10 times harder than what it was before. So by the time after they've done this for a couple of years, their shin bones are like steel rods and, and, you know, they use that in Muay Thai, whatever. So that's another thing that as I look back, I'm like, Oh no, that's, that's our body again being anti fragile. It's not going to be good if you kick you know, if you kick a bamboo tree and you snap your leg in two, you're not going to be any better for that, right? But if it's a small fracture, right? Well, that's going to heal back a lot stronger uh, than when you started kicking a bamboo tree. Now, that being said, I don't suggest anybody kick a bamboo tree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and how do we distinguish between that level, right? Of Oh, I went too far and I broke my leg versus getting these these tiny fractures in my leg when it comes to our business. Because I, I I agree completely. I think a lot of us want to be the hero. I think a lot of people in leadership are in leadership because they were kind of the the quote unquote hero that they solved some problems. They stepped in and and they they took a leading role to resolve something, but to be scalable, to be um to be able to help others with their professional development, at some point you have to be able to to understand that risk level and let others kind of grow along with it and let the processes start to deal with things. How do we distinguish that then? Like, because I think a lot of people might go there and just kick something as hard as they can and break their leg in the business sense and really kind of break something really could hurt their career and their business.
1: Yeah. It's, this is not something that can be done, uh, passively. Um, it, if, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to test this, you know, concept of anti fragility and you're going to do it in your business or even in your life or whatever, this, this is something that takes focused enthusiasm. Um, it, it's not something that you can, you know, I test a little bit and I'll come back in a couple of days and just kind of see what happened. It's, it's, it's not going to end well. The, the idea of, of, of you know, making something stronger by breaking it a little bit does take a lot of work time, and attention. Um, as I test it in my business, these are things that I'll let go through the system, but it's, I'm not going to keep my, I, I'm not going to take my eyes off of it. Right. I'm going to watch as things break because I've done it before where I've gone through and I, I've let something through a system and then I've had to pull the ripcord. I've had to, just like, Nope, we need a parachute. This is getting bad. We're going to hit the ground. <laughs> this is. And, and so you need to be very well in tune with it. Same, the same thing with your body as well. Um, You know, I've, I've seen people that'll try and test themselves to, to a limit and ultimately start doing some pretty serious damage uh that will last you know, 10, 20, 30 years of lifetime, whatever, because you've tested it too far. So it's not something that, that, you, that you want to do flippantly. Um, I like to say that it, it, it requires 100% of focused enthusiasm. Yeah, and I'm glad you shared that because one of the
0: things I think some might hear is this idea of just letting the system break and not worrying about it, right? Not really kind of focusing on it and not caring about it. It's the total opposite. It's actually focusing so much that you understand the risk that you're going through and you're allowing it to to go through that stressor rather than being unaware that it's even being stressed to begin with. There's a real big difference there and it's a mindset and it's a focus. In, in your experience, and this sounds like something, again, you're actively doing your business, how long does it take to really kind of build up the the patterns and the habits to start to create an anti-fragile
1: business model? For me, it took at least a couple of months of really trying to dig into, I didn't want to, you know, because of what we had said before, you know, it's that things can break and you don't want to test something beyond its limits. So I kind of started at first I was really just exploring the, 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 concept of, okay, how does this anti-fragility thing work? What all does it apply to, et cetera, et cetera. And then I started just taking it in the smallest possible increments that I could uh, within my business, just little teeny tiny amounts. And a, a lot of times, a lot of times you'll feel that you're not testing things as much as what you should. And I actually suggest that test carefully. Um, as a, as a, a, as an endurance runner, uh, there's another author, Malcolm Gladwell, who who writes some spectacular books. Who also does quite a bit of um, distance running as well. And uh, I was listening to him speak on on some of the challenges of of distance running. And and one of the things that he mentioned is that. By nature, we want to push ourselves. We want to push ourselves very, very hard and very, very far in distance running, but that's not always the right thing. You want to only push yourself maybe that extra 2%, maybe that extra 3%. And a lot of times, man, you'll be feeling good someday and you're really going to push it. And I want to go with that extra 15, 20% because I feel spectacular today. And then meanwhile, the next three, four days, week, two weeks, whatever, you have an aching injury, you've pulled something, whatever else. The same exact thing applies in business is that we need to be very cautious about how we're testing something. When you're testing something to 20 25% of its limits, you're probably going to break it and you're going to regret your decision. But if you're just pushing it that extra 2%, 3%, that's where you'll see the improvements after recovery. Again, like what we said, you know, test it beyond its limits by a small amount, but then spend the appropriate time afterwards doing your postmortem. How did, how did this go wrong and how do we make sure that it doesn't go wrong again? <laughs> Just don't do it with the things that test things to like 20%. (laughs) Well,
0: that's that's great insight. So it's more incremental, right? And it's more long-term mindset. This isn't something you do for a moment or a season. It's really kind of a shift to say, I, I think my business is, is an egg right now and I don't want it to be an egg that if something were to happen and it were to be dropped, I don't want it to shatter. I want it to be able to with, withstand that, that impact and bounce back to higher levels because of it, right? Um, so it's more of a mindset more incremental. And I think of like little things and, and like maybe professional development, uh, public speaking is something not everyone loves to do, right? And I think a lot of it is it's outside of their comfort zone and they don't know how to get started and they're afraid of failure and all those normal, normal anxieties that people have with that. And like you just said, getting in front of 10,000 people and conducting an hour-long presentation probably isn't the right way to start, right? It's probably going to end really, really poorly. But maybe doing little things over time, getting in front of small groups with small, short presentations uh, would be the right way to kind of test that system, that 2 or 3% over time. And before you know it, you can do bigger and better things because you saw the incremental growth rather than just trying to get all of it at once.
1: Yeah, I have a little bit of a funny story with that. Um, I, uh, I I was with the idea of trying to become comfortable uh, being uncomfortable. Uh, I I tried to start doing a small amount of public speaking and and testing myself in that environment. And uh, I can't remember what year it was. I think it was 2018 or 2019 um, at the Rent Manager User Conference. Uh, I actually uh, I presented us a, a small uh, little session. And uh, I, it was after a little bit of practice of doing some public speaking and talking in front of people, and I had practiced a ton and whatever else, and my wife was uh, nice enough to come along with me, and she had watched the whole presentation and everything, and, and by the end of it, she walked up to me and she said, oh my goodness, you did such a great job, you looked so natural and so comfortable up there, and she went to give me a big hug. And soon as she gave me a big hug, she stepped back because she realized exactly how sweaty my back was after that entire thing. I was so incredibly nervous. I was, and, and now from her point of view, she said you did absolutely wonderful. But it wasn't until afterwards, until it was all done, that she actually realized what was really happening inside. I was wildly uncomfortable for quite a while. But again, it was something that I, I looked back on it fondly. It was, it was tough to prepare for. It was really nervous doing it, whatever. But I looked back on it fondly. And 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 you know, saying, I'm glad that I did that. I glad that I pushed myself that little extra bit. And I've done some more of it now, and I feel so much more comfortable with it. I've kind of uh you know, I've kind of, I kind of beat the demon just a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's a fun story. And also the Right Manager User Conference is, I think, a great place to uh get to experience uh presenting and, and giving uh, content like that. But it's a great story because yeah, from the outside sometimes it seems like everything is going smoothly, right? But the inside of the process, there is stress, right? And and you are pushing yourself and, and your system was reacting to that pushing, but in a very healthy way. Right. And, and, Looking back on it, you feel good about it and you feel positive about it in the moment. You probably didn't feel so great about how your body <laughs> was reacting, but, but expect like, and I guess what I hear is like, expect that the system will react sometimes in ways that say, Hey, I'm not comfortable, but that's okay. Right. Your, your body was doing naturally what it's designed to do.
1: Yep, I mean, there's no, there's no two ways about it. When when you're uncomfortable, you're still going to feel uncomfortable. There's there's no two ways about it. But you can become more comfortable being uncomfortable. It doesn't mean that that you know, uncomfortable uncomfortability has been removed. No, it's just that you've learned how to kind of put it in its place. I guess <laughs> that's a good
0: way to put it. Okay, so if our audience, people that are listening to this podcast, like this idea of anti fragility, where's a good place to start? Maybe some. Uh, next steps, some first steps, some best practices, things that, looking back, you wish you maybe would have done as you started taking on this mindset.
1: The very first thing that I would do, uh, like I said, the book is is spectacular about uh, anti fragility. That that's going to cover it uh, a thousand times better than I could ever cover it. Um, the second thing is is honestly, um, do it now. Um the the idea of like uh maybe I'll start working on that later. Uh I'll work on, you know, on on improving my ability for this or 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 changing my company's view on on how we approach these problems. I'll do that a little bit later. Because of like what we were saying, it's, it's the one to 2% gains that we're really looking for. Doing it now is the time to do it. Don't, don't wait on it. Don't do it tomorrow. This is kind of the same idea as investing, right? Uh, the, the, the miracle of compounding interest. If you do it soon, you're going to see a lot more of those benefits by the time that you hit the end of whatever that road is. So for me, I'm, I'm glad that I did it. Uh, but I think my, Probably my biggest regret is is looking back and going, man, I just wish I would have done that earlier because now I look at it and I'm like, oh, how much more anti-fragile would I have been? My company have been, those around me. Uh, what kind of benefit could I have got if I had a five-year head start on that and keep on making those 1% to 2% gains every single day? That adds up to a lot.
0: Yeah. It reminds me of actually something somebody said to me just this morning that if something is worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. And I think that's the opposite of what most people would think. But the idea is don't be afraid just to do it, right? Just to get started. You're not going to be great at First, But waiting until you're really good at something to start doing it, um, it'll never happen, right? It's it's that mentality. Let's start while we're excited about it. Let's start while it's fresh and it's new. Um, Don't wait until you've mastered or read the book five times, things like that. Uh, Just start doing it because you're going to learn as you go.
1: Absolutely. Best way to learn a new language is just dive into it, right? You want to learn Spanish? Take a trip over to Mexico, spend a whole couple of months there. That'll be better than four years of Spanish <laughs> <laughs> outside of the point. country.
0: Absolutely. Well, as we wrap up here, Jared, um, any last thoughts on being anti-fragile and any um, thing that you want to leave with our listeners about American Realty and how they can connect with your team?
1: sure absolutely yeah we do uh property management in the in the grand rapids area um feel free to look us up on our website american-realty.com um uh, you can uh, you can reach me uh, through the contact there if you'd like you can reach our social media um the thing the thing that i uh, honestly would like everybody to take away from this is um uh is is start tomorrow start today um do do something that um uh, that picks you up just a little bit out of that comfort zone. Do something that scares you about either yourself or your company or whatever – do it just a little bit. Don't do it too much, but do it just a little bit because you'll be a little bit stronger tomorrow. The the, the gains are kind of hardly noticeable uh, until you maybe take six months or a year and you look back and you say, wow, that's that's amazing how far I went. Record it. Um, you know, Keep a journal of, here, this is what I'm trying to make in me or my business less fragile and testing the concept of anti-fragility. Make it something that is measurable so that you can look back and say, oh no, the, all of that work, all of that uncomfortableness all of that you know sweaty back time that I had it really did pay off for something a little bit better in the long run
0: uh, that's exciting Jared I really appreciate your time I think this is a great concept I think it's something that can again be applied personally to the business to your physical health anything really can, benefit from this mindset. And I think our listeners are really going to enjoy hearing about this and hopefully they go pick up the book. I mean, we're not here trying to make referral fees or anything like that off the book. It's just a good book. Uh, Go check it out and see how it can help you and your business. I also want to thank our listeners for joining us. It means so much that you choose to spend this time with us. And if you enjoyed hearing from Jared, then make sure you subscribe so you can hear future episodes as well. We're on all the different podcast platforms. And if you haven't heard about Rent Manager quite yet, then visit rentmanager.com to learn more about our property management software, or you can reach out to me, Joe Easton, directly on LinkedIn. Thanks again for joining us, and until next time, keep going beyond rent.